Hello and welcome to the First and Football Show. I am your host, Tobias Brown. And folks, we are back with another 2023 NFL Draft Prospect interview. I'm joined today by Lawrence Tech University quarterback, Tyler Kolka. Tyler, how are we doing today, man? I'm doing good. Excited to be with you. Yeah, man, I am super pumped to have you on. We, we were talking a little bit off the record just about how cool your journey's been, but I want to take it all the way back to the beginning. Tell me a little bit about where you grew up at, man. So I grew, uh, I grew up in the Clinton Township area, a suburb of um, Detroit, um, and I, I grew up around here um, and went to Chippewa Valley High School, um, and that's kind of where I grew up. I, I grew up playing tons of sports, loving just sports and competing. I actually grew up when I was three years old. I started playing hockey, um, you know, being a huge Red Wings fan. Um, actually, that's where the number 17 comes from. Um, for anyone who knows Red Wings hockey, uh, Brett Hall, famous Red Wing, um, and so, you know, my love for sports came from there and, um, you know, growing up I never got the opportunity to play football, um, actually, because all the leagues around my area played on Sundays and my parents and me felt it was important, you know, to go to church, um, and, you know, be that, be at church on Sunday rather than playing football. So, um, all growing up, I played, um, hockey and then baseball and then going into middle school, I finally got that opportunity to play football. Um, and you know, the games are on Tuesday. So we, you know, we were able to play and then, um played all through high school and loved it it's always been my dream since I was little actually I remember watching my dad's old high school highlights um <laughs> with music and stuff like that and I would get all pumped up and run by the mirror when I was little actually it's funny um I I've told this before I told a story before but in church uh the Sunday school teacher asked um what what does Heavenly Father want us to do what does Jesus want us to do and I raised my fist and said score touchdown so that's <laughs> that's been my uh that's been my dream and that's been my goal ever since I was really little so so, you know, you talked about hockey being the first sport that you kind of loved. Was there ever a moment where you were like, hey, could I play college hockey? I mean, Michigan's got a really good college hockey team. They do. They do. They have quite a few, actually. Um, for me, um, I played hockey. And then when it came to middle school, I had to make a decision. Um, and the reason being is because, one, it's expensive. And then, two, you don't want to get burned out um, because you can't really play two sports. It's tough to play two sports at the same time, and especially when, practices don't line up and games don't line up. So um, I had to make a decision. I ended up choosing football in middle school. Um, and then it was funny because I ended up playing again in high school because um, the practices were later on at night. So it was a little bit during basketball season. So I would go to basketball practice at like 2.30 and then go off basketball practice and go play hockey a little bit. So I actually played hockey in high school, um, but I, my team wasn't – I Chippewa's team wasn't outstanding or very good or whatever. And so, you know – Obviously, actually, it was funny because going into college, I I was the biggest decision in high school was was I going to play football or was going to play baseball? Because um, I really really liked both. I enjoyed both, um, and uh, yeah, I ended up deciding that football was what I really loved. As much as I love baseball and that feeling when you really get all that ball and it's a home run, um, you know that's the probably one of the best feelings of the world. But I think throwing a spiral for a touchdown is way better. <laughs> We're going to have our first make or break moment of the interview. You're from Michigan. Are you a Wolverines yep. fan? I'm, I'm a state guy. I love Michigan state ever since I was really little. Um, so I, I'm a big, huge Michigan state guy. Um, so, but I, I'm also a big 10 guy when it comes to bowl season, I want the big 10 to do well. So that's, that's how that goes. Um, but I've always been a, a, a go green, go Michigan state kind of guy. 
I'm I'm right outside of Columbus, Ohio, so I'm a Buckeye through and through. So if you Ooh. Would have said Wolverine, I mean, I, Sparty's not substantially better, but if you would have like pulled out like a John O'Corn jersey, I'm afraid we might have had to cut this interview short today. <laughs> but you know, well, I'm not I'm not a huge Michigan guy, although I did root for them in the uh, in the playoff this year. You know, hometown team, whatever, but. I'm a, I, when Michigan State plays Michigan, I'm always Michigan State through and through, wearing green. So you know, talk a little bit though, because this is kind of crazy. I mean, we've done we've done over 90 episodes, and in over 90 episodes, I've never had a guy on that played high school football in Michigan. So tell me, what is Michigan high school football like? Tell me a little bit, like you know, all the anybody from Texas is like Texas high school football is the best. What? Why does Michigan, you know, have some good high school football? Oh, they got they got great football. Um, you know, I'm going to be honest. Texas is probably the pinnacle. Um, I, they got tons of great football over there. And then Florida is another really big state. Has a lot of great football players. Actually, some of the greatest, some of the good talent on my team is from Florida. Um, but Michigan's no people sleep on Michigan. Michigan definitely has some of the highest talent in football. You know, look at you look at especially Ohio State. I played Mike Weber. So in high school, he I he played went to Cass Tech. Great player. Um, so, you know, and guys like that, I think, um, I think Michigan, some people sleep on Michigan, Donovan Peoples Jones. There's another one right there. People sleep on Michigan, but they got, we got some good players coming out of Michigan. So, you know, talk a little bit about, you know, you, you made the decision to pursue football, but coming out of high school, you know, you took a little bit of a different route than your more traditional. I go to college, I start right away. So tell me a little bit about what your journey was like high school recruiting process and post high school. Uh, so yeah, this is, this is, this is a long one. So get ready. <laughs> um, so when I was, when I was in high school, um, my story is actually a little crazy. Um, so I was, I came in as a freshman and I was, I was, I played really well in middle school. I did very well. I ruptured my spleen in eighth grade and I had the coach like, you know, reaching out to me and stuff like that. Talking to me like that. That's another crazy story. That's, you know, in and of itself, it's a whole nother story, but going there, going into my freshman year, I hadn't even gone to Chippewa Valley yet. It was the summer. Um, and there was a quarterback battle between a junior and a senior, uh, or junior and a sophomore. And the junior won, I believe, uh, it was kind of up in the air still. They just had started camp and then the junior quit. So the sophomore ended up being the starter. Brendan Rolfs is a great guy. Ended up playing and uh, getting a full ride scholarship to Hillsdale college, um, D2. Um, so great guy. Actually, we have a great relationship and stuff like that. He was, he was the starter, um, at Chippewa Valley. Um, so when I came in, I was a freshman, he was a sophomore. So I played on the freshman team and he was starting on varsity. Um, so then I got moved when, then I went through the process of going to JV and then, you know, he was still the starter again. And then I got to compete a little bit, but it was kind of like, I didn't really get a competition at that point because, you know, he had been through the ropes. He had started a whole year on varsity. So in my mind, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to buy my time and I'm going to get my opportunity my senior year. I worked really hard, um, you know, and so, you know, my senior year, I mean, being as competitive as I am, I feel like at, when I was when I was a sophomore, we, when he was a junior, I was pretty similar. Um, we were very similar. I think when I was a junior and he was a senior, maybe I was a little bit better. I, I don't know. You know, it's just kind of my competitive juices. I felt like I was better, but he's a great player. I can't knock anything on that. Um, so going into my senior year, I was like, this is my time. Um, before my senior, I went out to the BYU football camp, um, out in Utah, Provo, and, um, I won quarterback of the week. And then I also, um, won the seven on seven championship. And I, my plan was, is that I didn't have any film yet. So the coaches were like, Hey, we really like you, you know, we'll keep an eye on you this year, put some film together. Hopefully, you know, maybe you can come here in next fall or whatever. That was kind of the plan. 
Um, and my senior year did not go according to plan. Um, we had our defense was was not great. We couldn't really stop the run. Um, so we went through the first three games, and I played well. I I, um, I believe I had somewhere around six six or seven touchdowns, maybe something like that, in three games, and you know was playing well. Um, but we lost those games because it was we couldn't stop people. Um, I know played Stevenson. It was a tough game, and they literally just held on to the ball the whole time, and we didn't really get the ball. Be, you know stuff like that. So um, after that game, I ended up uh, getting benched my senior year um and got moved to middle linebacker so my whole senior year I played middle linebacker and receiver um and actually drove it was funny because you know all the way up until we lost the cast tech actually Mike Weber um and Mike Weber in that game and it was a crazy game and I actually met Mike Weber in the hole head on and he uh we we, we stalemated and then he trucked me but you know still still claim to fame right there <laughs> um but yeah, so after that, it was kind of crazy for me because I was like, well, what do I do now? My plan was to go to BYU. I had some D3 schools um, that reached out like Hope College, Southern Virginia. Um, um, but I, I always kind of had wanted to go on a mission and serve serve God. Um, so I always had planned to do that first anyways. Um, so obviously BYU being a, a Mormon school, they kind of, they've been through that process. They know what that's like. A lot of other schools were kind of like, all right, just call me when you get back. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. So my plan was, is I talked to the coach and my coach kind of vouched for me a little bit. And my plan was to go walk on. I was going to go after my mission and I was going to walk on at BYU. So I went on my mission, um, had a great time. Um, as we were talking about before, I, you know, basically was a pastor out there. I was basically on the streets talking to people, trying to share a message about Jesus Christ. And actually when I was out in Sa Oakland, San Francisco, California, I ended up baptizing around five people and had a great experience just, you know, teaching people about Jesus and, you know, it was it was inspiring for me to see the impact that it had on their lives more than, you know, more than anything like meeting these people when I first met them. And, you know, after they got baptized and months and months later, the effect that God has on someone someone's life is is crazy. And it's it's second to none. Um, so it was a great experience for me. Um, it was inspiring and stuff like that. Um, but going back to the football aspect, um, I. Uh, my whole plan was to walk on to BYU. And when I was on my mission, Bronco Mendenhall left, who was the coach at the time. So he left, went to uh, University of Virginia. Um, and Coach John Beck was the uh, was the quarterback coach at the time. And that's kind of who I had talked to at the camp and stuff like that. Um, and they both left BYU. So I was kind of like, awesome. So now where do I go? What do I do? You know, um, so there was a school that was starting football called Lawrence Tech and they called uh they called my dad talked to him for about an hour because they couldn't contact me because I was on my mission um so they called my dad talked to him for an hour talked about wanting me to come and be an older presence um like be a little bit more mature because they were starting football from scratch and they were bringing in all freshmen um and they wanted to build the program from the ground up and it seemed like a perfect opportunity it was 30 minutes away from my house and it was in the mechanical engineering school which is what I wanted to go into um and um looking back at it now, it was probably one of the most amazing decisions and the amazing blessings that God handed me because not only, you know, did I get to play and start for five years, but I was the guy, I was the leader. I was the people that everyone looked up to. A lot of people, you know, you know, go through the ranks of, you know, Oh, I'm the young kid, you know, I'm learning from the older guys, but I was the older guy from the start. So I was the leader. I was the people, the person that people looked up to. And it was, it was a great experience. Honestly, I learned 
I learned so much just gaining experience from starting so many games. I think, I, I think it was around 38 or 40 or something like that. And, you know, it was, it was just honestly a lot of quarterbacks out there. And that's something that I think separates me from a lot of other quarterbacks is most of these guys going to college and maybe they were the guy for a year or two years or something like that. So I have the the, the experience of going through high school and not being the guy at all really. Um, and then going to college and getting the experience of being the guy for five years. And I think that's something that separates me from other quarterbacks is, you know, I think, I think I was, you know, a lot of people like, even when they're freshmen, they're not, they're looking up to the older seniors and captains and stuff like that. I was the captain, the leader as a freshman. So like, I think that's something that, you know, will has separated me. And I think will separate me in the future, which is that maturity and that growth and um, stuff like that. You know, you talk about though, you go on your mission. You're thinking at the end of the mission, I'm going to go walk on at BYU, which is D1 football, nothing to scoff yep. at. Mm-hmm. And then that plan doesn't materialize the way you thought it would. And the exactly. option now is a NAIA school that's just, you know, starting a program. Was there ever a moment when all this is unfolding in real time where you're like, man, maybe I should just hang it up. Maybe I don't want to play football. <laughs> or did you always know, no, I want to get back on the field? Uh, I've loved sports ever since I was really little. So in my mind, I was like, I'm going to play sports no matter what it is. Now, I think for me, football was just kind of my love. Like that's, that's what I enjoyed. And when I was on my mission, I remember getting a football sent to me from my dad and throwing with my companions who weren't receivers and couldn't catch at all, but it was still like something that I would do. Um, but I think for me, it was just like, I, when I hung up and took my cleats off and took my Jersey off for the last time. Um, when I was in high school and I obviously hadn't started at quarterback. I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, yeah, I, I think I just, something in me, I just kind of knew that this wasn't my last time putting the pads on and, and my Jersey on and stuff like that. And say, I got that same feeling when I finished college, you know, I, I went out on the field and, you know, had the ball in my hands and basically stood on the middle of the field and was just like, I gave LTU everything I had. Um, but now it's time to go and do something even better. And so, you know, when I took off my Jersey, it was the same kind of feeling where I'm not done yet. There's still more, more left in me, you know? So you're playing middle linebacker your senior year. You're not playing quarterback. So you're a middle linebacker. Then you take two years off. Yep. Now let's go restart this program and I'm the guy. So walk me through that first fall camp where, you're throwing passes in live action for the first time in almost three years. How much rust did you have to shake off? Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I was, I was very blessed. Um, And I, I feel like I didn't have that much rust. It was more of getting used to the speed of the game, if anything. Um, But, you know, when I was on my mission, they had us work out every day. Um, And so for me, I would just, I would be working on speed and agility for, three days and then the other three days I was uh throwing to you know my companions or whatever or in the nets I would find the closest soccer field or football field or whatever and I would throw into nets and then um I was doing tons of push-ups I got up to about a thousand push-ups three days a week um and around a thousand sit-ups three days a week as well so for me when I got to that point there was no there was no real rust um I feel like accuracy arm strength you know movement in the pocket all that stuff was there it was just more, all right, now I got to get used to speed of the game and, you know, getting used to being the leader that everyone looks to and the guy, you know what I'm saying? 
you know, on this show, we've highlighted the NAIA level several times, whether it be a Morningside, Arizona Christian, Wayland Baptist. We've interviewed several NAIA schools. And then the one common theme is the misconception around the talent level that's at that NAIA. A lot of people assume NAIA just doesn't have the talent that an NCAA school would have. But, you know, we've talked about it time and time again on this show, whether it be, you know, NAIA schools taking a team like Butler, who's an FCS school within five points. It was a 31-26 game this year. You know, talk a little bit about the talent level that you saw in your time there at Lawrence Tech. Oh, the, the talent level in NAI is insane. And I think it gets sleep slept on a lot because it's not NCAA, but it's it's nowhere. It's it's I know actually when I was at the Tropical Bowl, um I had a couple agents and scouts when I was talking to, they're like, Oh, you're an NAI, you play NAI, okay, D two. That's what that's what they co- compare it to. And I was like, dang, like so my brother, it's crazy. So my my little brother's a starter at Wayne State University, um, in Detroit, so division two school in the GLIAC. Um, he he actually started as a freshman last year. Um, so and, you know, that level of talent, it's right there. It's neck and neck. And I think, you know, maybe some of the best cool schools in D2. I, I know for our conference specifically with St. Francis and Marion and Indiana Wesleyan, I think I think our conference, I believe, is seven and four against the GLIAC, who's a big time division two with Grand Valley and da- uh, Davenport, Saginaw, um, Ferris State, who just won the national championship, Wayne State. So, you know, I, I think. I think there's no question that the NAIA is very similar to the D2, if not better. And then a lot of these non-scholarship FCS schools, you look at Indiana Wesleyan from our conference, just Pete Valpo last year, um, the year before they played Butler and lost in double overtime. So that talent level is, is right there. And I think at the end of the day, with, with all these guys and all these kids coming from high school, going to play in college, I think you, you want to go to somewhere where you're going to play. And if you're going to go to some D, D1 school just because you're D1, if you don't play, what, what, do you, what do you have to show for it? You know what I'm saying? So for me, it was the perfect opportunity, and it was a great experience because, you know, I got to play for five years. And I think a lot of people, re- like, lose that love of the game when they get to college because they're like, oh, I'm just here to get the degree or whatever because they're not playing. They're not in the field of playing anymore. And so for me, like, I would highly advise any high school player if you get that opportunity to play scholarship football in NAI, I would take that a hundred percent every single time. You know, and we've talked about, you started five years in college. Mm-hmm. So in five years of playing college football, you're going to make a lot of memories, but is there one memory that maybe stands out as being just a little more special than the rest? Man. All right. Well, I got, I got two. Is that okay? Oh yeah. Two is definitely okay. All right. Awesome. So um, the first game ever at Lawrence tech university, we're playing Oakland university. Um, and they're uh they're a D1 basketball school. Um, so you know, but they're not they're not D1 for football. Um, but first game, uh, they they didn't expect what happened at the game. There was they had they had stands set out for the fans or whatever. Um, and then ended up then ended up being around uh, I think four thousand or something, five thousand fans there. And it was so much that they had to start turning people away because it was a fire safety hazard at the very first game at LTU, and it was it was so cool. Um, I think I threw five touchdowns. I, I threw four and I had a rushing touchdown that game. And, um, there was tons of fans. It was a great experience. And that was my first game starting since, you know, my third game of high school after I got benched, you know? So for me, it was a very special moment. So the, the, there's the start and then I'll end with my second is, is the finish. So when I started, um, researching NAI football, when I found out about Lawrence Tech, I'm going to research this, right. 
So what I did was I watched the national championship game because that's, you know, that's what you want to get to. And lo and behold, I was watching St. Francis, Indiana, big time school, just like your friend, right? Um, and so St. Francis, Indiana is probably one of the greatest storied programs. Um, and they won back-to-back national championships. They always have had great teams. Um, so for me, you know, going in, I was like, well, this is these are the big dogs. These are the guys. So um, I played them three times in my career. And uh, I, I'm blessed to say that I'm two and one against them. Um, so I won two. They, they beat us my sophomore year when we were a bunch of sophomore freshmen, young kids. But my junior and senior year, we took it to them. And uh, we went down to, to, to Indiana, played them, we won. And then my senior year was, was so special. Um, they went up. Uh, I, I can't remember if it was – the score was – it was close. It was 24-19 or something like that. Um, I think it was 24 to 19 or something like that. And we, we got the ball with a minute 50 left on the clock. And I got the opportunity to do a little, to lead a two minute drive and throw a game winning touchdown pass. So I don't think that's a moment um, I'll ever forget, you know, going into college seeing, Oh, that's the pinnacle of NAI football. And then going out my senior year and leading a game winning two minute drive to beat them at, at home. It was awesome. You know, and now that your senior year's wrapped up, like we alluded to, you're a draft prospect. You're a pro prospect. The goal, yep. as you said, you've got a lot left to give to this game. And so the goal is to keep playing it. So walk me through the moment that you, you know, make it official. You put it out there. You're throwing your name in the hat. You know, for you, it started pretty quickly. I mean, you went down to the FCS Bowl, which is one of the first All-Star Bowl games, you know, yep. on the draft circuit. So talk about what the moments were like early on in that process for you. So for me, I, I always knew I wanted to get to that next level. Um, so then it was it was funny. So before my junior year, it was kind of like that became possible. Um, I had talked to some agent or whatever, and they were like, oh, you could do it. Like, I was like, oh, okay, whatever. Like, that'd be, that was my dream since I was little, but I'm at some NAI school, dude. What are you talking about? Whatever. Um, and so, you know, I, I kind of had heard more and more. We got it. We, my defensive coordinator has some connections in arena football and has some connections in the CFL. And so I was talking to him about it and he was like, Oh, you could do it. And I went to some junior day um, at Concordia university and was with a line scout and a cold scout. Um, and they, you know, measured us, did all that stuff and, and talked to me for a little bit. And I was like, wow, this, this, I could really do this. Like, it was just, Oh, all right. Well, I, I've always been a hard worker. I've always trained everything like to the max. Um, and so for me, it was like, Oh, well my dream could really become a reality. So, you know, for me, I, before my senior year I was working all summer with some NFL draft prospects, actually Dalen Baldwin who played at Michigan university of Michigan um, and now plays for the Cleveland Browns. Um, and then uh, Dwight Blakey who got a rookie minicamp invite to the Arizona Cardinals. Um, so I worked with them all summer, um, you know, throwing the NFL ball, getting used to it. Um, and then just training with those guys and then going into my, and they kind of talked about the FCS national bowl and the tropical bowl and, you know, what it's like and what that process is like. So for me, it was like, oh, okay, well, I got to save my money for all these bowl games. <laughs> um, so, you know, afterwards I had talked to my head coach and he was like, yeah, well, I'll get you into as many as possible. So I ended up playing in five senior bowls, which is almost unheard of. I haven't heard of anybody. And I know that everyone I talked to hasn't heard of anybody that's played in five senior bowls. So I started off playing in the free agent football one. It's a small D3 one um, out in uh, New York, Middletown, New York. And that is where I met my agent, actually, Donald Felice. And that, that's uh, Andy Sports Entertainment um, is my agency. And that's where I met him. And he 
you know, thought I was stud. I played well in the game. Um, and so, you know, I kind of continued that conversation with them and I ended up signing with them later on. Um, and then the next week went off to the FCS national bowl, um, in, uh, in Daytona beach, which was beautiful. <laughs> um, got a, I have pictures of, uh, my hotel room overlooking the beach in Daytona. I was like, Oh, this is so cool. This is unreal. Um, so yeah, made a lot of context there. Um, one of my coaches there, um, coached at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, and you know, I met up back with him at the tropical bowl later on. And then I had a Montreal, um, Alouette scout reach out to my head coach afterwards. Cause I'd done well at the, at the game or whatever. Um, but that game didn't go as well. I did really well in practice and the game I got sacked four times. <laughs> um, but I went through for four with 40 yards, but I only ended up getting two drives because there was four quarterbacks on each team. So it's kind of just how it worked out it was luck of the draw. Um, and then the next one I went and played in the all American bowl, um, which was in Minnesota, um, in the Viking stadium, which was another really, really cool experience. Um, and, uh, yeah, did my thing there, really enjoyed that opportunity. Um, getting in front of people, made some contacts with the, uh, the New Jersey generals, um, and then also the Minnesota Vikings. So, you know, waiting to see where those kind of those kind of go at this point um but then after that I got scheduled to go back down to the tropical bowl because I had done well in the um FCS national bowl um so I went to go back down to that and in the game um I ended up going seven for seven with 130 yards and two touchdowns in both my drives and you know did really well and that was kind of where I got the most um look and exposure um that's where I talked to the Montreal wets um at the next day at practice and um you know, a couple other teams in the area and I kind of got on some people's radar, like the Lions, um, things of that nature. So that was really exciting. Um, and then two weeks later, <laughs> I got reached out to on Twitter, actually, and got invited to the National Scouting Combine. And that one, I, I wouldn't trade that for the world. That experience was amazing. That was in Indianapolis um, in one of the Colts training facilities. Um, and that was so cool. Um, they didn't have any tight ends. Um, and it was literally just almost seven on seven with O-linemen. Um, so I literally was throwing the ball all over the place. I ended up in the game. I ended up throwing like five touchdowns for like 500 yards or something like that. <laughs> Just unreal, like video game numbers. Um, because all we did was throw the ball, obviously, <laughs> but it was, it was a super cool experience. Um, and when I was there, I talked with an Edmonton Elk scout, um, and then the Kansas city chiefs were there and their scout, you know, showed some interest. And so, you know, we'll kind of see where all those kind of leads go, but that's kind of been what I've been doing. I came back from National scouting combine. I've been home for two or three weeks and literally have just been training. I do about two throwing sessions a day and, you know, we'll lift and do 40 training and stuff like that. You know, just trying to get ready for uh, my pro day and then the CFL trials that I have coming up. You know, and it's crazy because, you know, for folks who are connected to the things like the tropical bowl and national scouting combine, you know, the, the little media circle, it's a very tight knit group. And you hear a lot of people say the same names over and over. And your name right. was one that kept popping up. It was, Hey, this Colca kid can really throw. Like you've seen this kid throw a football. That's not an NAI football. He's throwing, you know, right. People talk about, Oh, have you seen him on the timing routes, the way it hums off, you know? So mm -hmm. when you hear that though, cause you know, it's one thing for guys to say it in the media and it's one thing for a scout to, you know, say it to another scout. But when the word gets back to you and you're hearing it, What's that feel like knowing that, you know, it's, you know, five years ago, things fell through at BYU. You yeah. were, you know, benched your senior year of high school. And now you're in a position where these pro teams are, you know, sitting down, they're having interviews with you. And then people within the media are saying like, 
dude, this kid can do it. This guy's got an arm. What 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 are the emotions like when you go through that? I think for me, um, it's inspiring. Um, but I also don't want to jump the gun yet, if that makes sense. Um, I think for me, it's inspiring from where I've where I've gone, where I've come from. Um, and for me, it shows that you know hard work really does pay off. But I think for me, before I jump up and really say those things, I feel like um, you know. Let's get to a rookie mini camp first. Let's get an opportunity first. Let's get let's get a contract first. And so for me, you know, that feels great and it feels really good right now. And then, it, but I think at this point, it's like, let, let's get a job first, and then then I can say, wow, the hard work really did pay off. Let me let me go play in a game and you know throw my first touchdown in the pros, and then and then I can say, wow, all right, hard work really does pay off. I really gave it my all. I've been really, I mean, not gonna lie, I'm I've been blessed. I'm I'm not gonna say that I haven't been blessed, but. Um, I just think, you know, I, I'm I'm a little, little hesitant to jump on the the train of like, I've made it yet. You know what I'm saying? Because I definitely have not and I'm far from it. But I think the fact that I do have those opportunities, I do have those people saying those things is, you know, it's, it's inspiring. And for me, it's like, I, I, it's something that I've always felt like and known. Um, but I think just having other people say it kind of proves, you know, it, it proves, proves what you've been feeling all along so for me it's like it's just inspiring I feel like that's the word inspiring you know and I think a lot of people would resonate with what you said when you said you know it's inspiring but I haven't arrived yet you know that's that humble that groundedness of recognizing like there's still work to be done you know when you're going through this scouting process obviously you've talked about some of the teams that have taken a look at you that have reached out to different people within your life you know, all these scouts are going to have words they use to describe the way you play the game, the way you throw the football, you know, people are going to describe it in different ways. But if you could describe the way you play the game of football, how would you describe it? Ooh, I like this question. Um, I would say I would say the way I play is um, I think it kind of shows in my game is my hard work and dedication, um, I think. And that shows in toughness. So I would say, you know, for me, like, a lot of hard work and a lot of all those things have sh- are shown in my game with toughness. And I think that comes from also, you know, playing middle linebacker in high school, but I was a guy that I, I, when I took a hit, I would get right back up. And I was that kind of person. Um, You know, I, I can sit there and stare down the barrel of a gun and still deliver a good ball. So I would say, I would say toughness um, definitely is the biggest thing that's, that's portrayed in my game and then leadership. Um, I think, getting that opportunity to play for five years and always being that hard worker that's always given 110%. I think, um, I just think, you know, I think that leadership and then, you know, toughness are probably the the best ways I would describe my game. Now, if you want to compare me to an NFL quarterback, I would say, you know, a lot of people say, you know, the Baker Mayfield or something like that. Um, You know, I would say my game is a little more similar to probably, probably Patrick Mahomes, just because, you know, I, I played, you know, I actually in the summers all during college, I was playing, you know, rec league softball, you know what I'm saying? And like going to tournaments on the weekends and stuff like that, some slow pitch softball, but, and I play shortstop. So for me, it was very much, you know, I can throw from a lot of different arm angles. You know, I can throw when I'm moving, I can make all those throws that, you know, Patrick Mahomes, people don't go wow about, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I can do a lot of those things. So I would say like, I try to mold my game off of him, but you know, with my size and what I kind of look like, I would say people, you know, look at me as a, a humble Baker Mayfield. <laughs> you know, and one thing is this year's draft class is very polarizing when it comes to the quarterback position. You've yep. got, you know, obviously 
where everybody knows the top names. Bryce Young, yep. is he tall enough? CJ yep. Stroud, you know, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson. But you're going up against them. The goal is to, is to compete against them. So, you know, yep. talk about what you feel separates you from some of these other quarterback prospects in this year's draft class. Well, I think um, it's kind of like we had talked about a little bit earlier, the opportunity to start for five years and be a leader for five years. You know, I don't think um, any of those quarterbacks really had that opportunity um, to not only be the starter, but also be the guy and be the leader, like the, the the one that everyone looks to. That's the captain that's always going out for the coin toss, you know, all those things. Like, I feel like that's something that really separates me from all these guys, because, um, you know. I've put in the work with film study. Yes, I was a mechanical engineering major and I've stayed up super late. And I would say that's another thing too. I'm super smart. You know, mechanical engineering is not an easy, not an easy uh, major. That's for sure. You know, a lot of these other guys doing business or whatever they're doing, I don't know. But um, I think that, um, and then I think, you know, but I think being the guy and being doing film study, like he's going to play in a game every single week. I think not every quarterback has that same um, opportunity that I got during college. Um, and so for me, like, I feel like that's something that separates me too. And I think, I think just like Baker Mayfield said, when he comes out, I think if you put me with any of those guys, I can be more accurate than them at any day of the week. I, I, I go toe to toe with those guys any day of the week. And that, that's not, that's not me saying that those guys aren't going good. That's, that's a testament of me being confident in who I am. And I, I know that I, I could handle my business, you know, in that, in that realm. You know, so I, I always ask this question. I'm always interested to see where guys rank these three things. So I'm going to have you rank these three aspects of football, one being okay. most important, three being least important. Okay. Film room, weight room, practice field. Where are you going one to three? Oh, that's that's such a tough question. <laughs> it's just, I think I think it depends on the position, but they're all insanely important. Um, hours and hours. But here, let's, let's do it this way. So for me, I'm going to rank them in ways of, you know, how much time you put into it during the week. Um, so for me, you know, when I'm out of season, um, I would say field work is the most important. Um, and then, and then comes weight room and then comes film. I would say that that's the out of season probably way to look at it. Um, uh, now, now going in season, I would say, I would say film hours wise, I'm putting, I feel like I'm putting a lot more hours into film and then comes field work and then comes weight room. So, and the reason why I put weight room second and third is because, you know, you really only need about an hour a day, an hour, hour and a half a day um, to really get the workout that you need, you know, field work, you, you know, training right now, getting into this draft process, I'm, I'm probably lifting maybe, you know, in the weight room and doing 40 training, probably if five, five days, but again, it's only, you know, an hour, hour and a half, two hours a day where my throwing sessions consist of, you know, I'm doing two a day for two hours, you know what I'm saying? So it's just that time. I would say I'm putting more time into field work than, than weight room, but I think, and then film just kind of flip flops when you're in season, and out of season. I think like, I think in season, like you need to know what that other team's doing and you need to be, when you go up to the line as a quarterback, you need to know, okay, this guy's cocked this way. This is the coverage they're in, you know? And I think when you're out of season, it's more of, all right, let me get better and fine tune these little things in my game to make me better. So I think, you know, not that I don't watch film during the off season, but I think I think the timing that you put into it is a lot less off season than than the timing you put in when you're in season. I feel like they can go one A, one B, one C. Really, they can all be interchangeable, and they're you know, all so important. Yes, That's I tough. mean, the, 
about the only position that is yet to put the weight room at one is my uh, kickers and punters. I still can't get one that's like trying to max bench as the most important really? thing yet. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, one thing though that I think is interesting though is, you know, quarterbacks, every quarterback has this different way that they like to play the game. You talked a little bit about that Mahomes esque, different throwing mm-hmm. styles, different, you know, mechanics, being able to move on the run and stuff. But I always love asking a quarterback, what is your favorite route to throw? Like, what what is one, you know, one of my favorite, you know, one of my favorite answers was the quarterbacks love four verts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you love four verts, you want to air it out. So what, what's your go <laughs> to? I would say, I would say, I would say not four verts. I would say I, I really like my skinny posts. I think that you can do it with a lot of things. You can, you can have a skinny post and mesh at any time and you could take advantage of it if safety kind of cheats down or something like that. I would say, I would say the post is my favorite route to throw. And I think a close second is a corner route. Cause I'm good at it. <laughs> so this is another, you know, follow-up interesting question. I know receivers and, you know, the skill position guys usually have the more elaborate celebrations, but do you have a go-to <laughs> celebration when you throw a big touchdown or anything? What's what's the go-to moves that you're going to hit on the field when you throw a TD? Ooh, well, a lot of them, a lot of them would be first pointing to my coach saying great play call. So that's, that's a big one for me. After I throw a touchdown pass, I'll look and point to my coach. Um, that's something I'll do. Um, you know, obviously I feel like I'm, I try to be more of a humble guy in those situations. So, you know, a lot of it is, you know, I'm going to go celebrate with my teammates. So the big thing is, is, you know, jumping up with them or, you know, the, the most I've ever done was the waddle because one of my receivers was doing it in the end zone. So I did it with them. Um, but yeah, I would say I'm not big into the touchdown celebrations. When I throw one, I'm going to point to my coach to say great call. And then I'm going to go celebrate with my teammates in the end zone. So, you know, you've alluded to a little bit of your leadership, you know, style and, you know, how important it was for you to be a leader at Lawrence Tech with, you know, the rebuilding of the program and being mm-hmm. the guy from day one. If you could describe your leadership style, though, in just a couple words, how would you describe the type of leader that you are? Um, I would say I would say I'm I'm not a quiet leader, but I'm not the yell, get all up in your face kind of leader. Um, I would say I'm kind of somewhere in between who's confident. Um, but my biggest thing with leadership is hard work. And I'm not going to ask you to do something unless I'm doing it, too. And so for me, um, I, I'm going to put in the most I'm, I'm the kind of guy that's if you're going to be in the, in the weight room at 5 a.m., I'm going to be there at four. I'm that kind of guy. So I'm the kind of person that I'm going to put give you 110 percent of my effort so that you see it. And when I ask you to do something or when I say, hey, I need you right now, they're going to elevate their game because they know that at the end of the day, I'm I'm doing everything I can do. And, you know, I, at the end of the day, I'm doing more than they're doing. So, you know, so. I think for me, I think my leadership style is is literally the the hard work, the the and then also confident and not afraid to talk, um, but not overly loud and in your face or something like that. So you know, one thing that makes or breaks pro careers is your character. I mean, if if mm-hmm. you're not a high character guy, it can be hard, especially being a small school guy. It's hard to yep. get in the door unless you're a likable person. So you know, the goal is is that one of these 32 NFL teams takes a shot on you. So yep. if they were to bring you in, if a team does take a shot on you, what what type of character are they getting? What are they getting from you as a person? Well, you're getting a guy that is is an insanely hard worker, like we just talked about. Um, but then a guy that just loves football and loves being around people. Um, so for me, like I know for me, a lot of my relationships have come through playing sports, and I've always loved it ever since I was little. So 
I love this game and I've given everything to this game. So you're going to get a guy that's super fun to be around and loves football. So, you know, and then is, is willing to put in, do whatever it takes. So that's another thing too, that, you know, I know that not a lot of people are willing to do. So with that hard work is, you know, if you ask me to do something, I'm going to do it to 110%, like, you know, or whatever, like it was funny. You know, if I bet if coach asked me to run through a brick fall, big brick wall, I would run 110% into that brick wall. And I may give myself a concussion, but I'll do it. You know? So I think for me, it's like, I think they're going to get someone that's fun, fun to be, be around, but then also like, has this just like some, some people can tell, like, I just love the game. Like I'm a kind of guy that went to practice this year and then would go to watch Wayne state's practice after my practice, go watch my little brother practice, just, you know, to get more football, be around more football. So you know, for me, I think if one of those 32 te- te- teams take a chance on me, that's what they're going to get. So if you weren't going for a pro football career, if you weren't playing football at the professional level, what would you be a pro at? Ooh. Um, so for me, uh, be a pro, I would, well, first of all, mechanical engineering is my major. Um, and so I've had quite a few internships with the car companies around here um, and American Axle Manufacturing, which is one of the um, main suppliers of the big three, which is Ford, GM, and Chrysler. Um, so that would be something that, you know, I, I got a great degree from Lawrence Tech for mechanical engineering and already have a job opportunity that I can take advantage of. Um, but for me, I don't know if I would, I don't know how long I would do it before I would want to get back into coaching, to be honest. I, I love football. I love the game. And so for me, you know, I don't see anything keeping me off the field unless, you know, God willing, knock on wood, I get hurt or something like that. Um, so for me, I think, uh, I think, you know, I, I got to say mechanical engineering with the car companies and things like that. Cause I have an opportunity there, but I don't think it'll be long before I get back into coaching. Cause I just love football. You know, and you've talked about how much you love football and, you know, you just alluded to the coaching. One thing I always find interesting is different quarterbacks, you know, their comfortableness and their, their desire to be involved in game day installation, you know, mm-hmm. some QBs are like, yo, I want as much say as possible in right. our game day plan and what the, you know, the offense we're going to run and all that. And other QBs are like, I just give me the script. Tell me what to run. Let's go for it. Where, where <laughs> do you fall? Are you like very hands-on in that game day installation? Are you more coach? Tell me what to do. And we're about to go out there and do it. So I think uh, that's something I've grown at in my college career. So I would say being the guy, that's another great opportunity and a great thing that I've got the opportunity to do is to be a part of those meetings every week from when I was a freshman, you know? Um, So I think that's something I've grown at from my junior year, literally being with my coach and, you know, they have their meetings or whatever. And then at nine o'clock at night, me and him or me and my, me and my um, co-offensive coordinator, um, we'd be in the room together watching film and, talking about specific plays that we want to run this week and then some ideas that I have because like every week that Monday when they're installing stuff I'm always sending my coach text messages of like here this is what I see this is a play that I like all this stuff um so I think my junior and senior year I was very hands-on and very much like give me full control of it um and then before that it was you know I, I the biggest thing was is wanting to know what they expected um so for me it wasn't a here just give me a script I'll do whatever it is it was Hey, um, coach, we're running. These are the plays we're running. We're getting together. We're going to watch film. Me and you, just me and the coach, me and the offensive coordinator, we get together and we watch the film and say, what do you see? What coverage do you like this against? Why, why do you like this specific play? And so for me, um, it was something that started as that my freshman and sophomore year. And then, you know, through COVID and then the next two years, it was, it was being hands-on in those meetings and, you know, giving my two cents the whole time. (laughs) So, 
let me ask you this, you know, because I, 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 I love a line play. That's where my heart lies is on the offensive line. Oh, so, those are my go- Those are my guys. Who, who, you know, I, I always find it interesting. Guys are always like, well, the left tackle is a quarterback's best friend. And then other guys will say, no, it's the center. And somebody center. will say right tackle. Where, where are you falling on this debate? Center every time. Come on. That's not even close. Like the left tackle's great. The left tackle's great. And they protect your blind side. And they may be the most talented. I don't know, whatever. But your center's your best friend. But for me, it was actually kind of amazing. I, uh, my four years before my senior year, um, I actually got the opportunity to roommate. My roommates were all O-linemen. So my, my starting center was my roommate. Um, my starting left tackle is my roommate and my starting guard, it was, uh, my roommate as well. And, you know, those guys are my best friends, um, through all through college, um, and stuff like that. So, um, that's where my heart lies as well. Even though I'm a quarterback, my heart lies with those guys as well. So, um, but that's, that's easy question center, not even close. So what, what's the uh, treat when, you know, they protect you during the game, they allow you to go off, put up some big numbers. You threw for over 9,000 yards in your career. What are mm-hmm. you treating them to post game? Ooh, well, it just depends on the game. Uh, the big thing was is we would get some Jets pizza. Um, we have some Blue Devil dollars for that, you know. Didn't have to break my bank too much being a broke college student, right? <laughs> um, so that was that was one. Um, so Jets pizza. And then, you know, I've definitely taken those guys out to plenty of different places, though, especially because especially they're my roommates. So it wasn't even odd. You know, we, I, you guys didn't let up any sacks this week. It was more of. Oh, uh, no, let's let's go out. I'll treat you guys tonight or something like that. Just because, you know, they protect me every day in practice, too. So, you know, a, a relationship that's, you know, starting to become more prominent, but isn't as prominent as what we hear with the, you know, O-line QB is the quarterback's relationship with his wide receivers. A lot of people yep. in the you know past were like, oh, you just, you know, they need to have chemistry with you on the field. But that relationship off the field has become more and more prominent here in recent years as you know the league has become more of a passing league talk about how important it is for you to be not just in unison on the field with your receivers but also be close-knit with them off the field well I'm gonna I'm gonna say right now the people that who I'm close with not just on the field but off the field were the guys that got the ball to be honest and you know that and that and that's not even like me saying oh you're not my friend I'm not gonna throw you the ball that's not even just how it works it's just it's, I think it's a trust thing. Um, so for me, I was blessed. Um, actually, Kendall Williams, who was also at the National Scouting Combine, my star receiver, had 11 touchdowns this year. Um, first team all-conference with me. Great player. Um, probably is going to be in the CFL next year as well with me. Um, so, and, you know, with him, we've been friends since freshman year. And we would, you know, we'd hang out. We'd do all these things together. And, you know, I, was, I would know what he was doing before I even got there. And then, so not only that, I had my tight end, who was another big chunk of yards and tight ends, my tight end, CJ Thompson. And we were close, you know, we would hang out all the time after school and stuff like that. And then, you know, even to put it even more perspective, there was two receivers that came in the same time. One was named Jalen Wallace and one was named Jaden Rembert. And, um, you know, I, I, I had a good relationship with Jaden Rembert. He's, you know, a young freshman kid, talented player um, and stuff like that. Um, but we didn't really hang out as much off the field. Um, and Jalen Wallace, who ended up being my roommate after um, my two old lineman friends graduated. So the, I still had my center as my roommate and then him as well. Um, we were really close and we'd hang out off the field. We actually would play flag football together during the off seasons and stuff like that, just for fun. Um, but like literally just doing that and hanging out with him, like it just, he ended up getting the ball more than this other kid just because, you know, I think it's a trust thing. It's like when I'm hanging out, I'm spending time with you. 
I'm building trust. I'm building a relationship. So that relationship that's on the field and it's off the field, it becomes even more strong on the field as well. You know, and I think that, you know, we hear it all the time in the NFL, whether it be Brady or Rogers, oh, they didn't trust this guy. But, and people think that's, you know, a pettiness level. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything nothing. to do with anticipatory timing routes. Yep. I need to know that you're going to be where I need you to be. Because a lot of times, you know, this is, you know, a good follow-up question to this to kind of shed some light on it. How many routes do you think you throw where you're actually having to get the ball out before the receiver's actually gotten out of their break? So it's more of a anticipatory timing route. How many routes do you think you're throwing like that on average? Oh, I would say it's above 50 to 60%. Um, it's got to be. And the only the only routes that I say don't are your deeper routes, like like your corners, like your posts, like your fades. Um, and, you know, I would say those, but, but everything else, you're throwing it well before their breaks, speed outs, hitches, all that stuff. So I would say it's above 60%. It's got to be. And that's, like I, like you said, it's it's all trust. It's all knowing what they're going to do, when they're going to get out of their break, how quickly can I get them the ball? Because those windows close fast. And if they if I'm not if I'm not throwing the ball before they break, that window is going to close and it's going to be an interception. So one of the things that we love to do on this show is we love to give advice to high school athletes. It's a big thing that we've been doing on this show. So I want to have you give a couple different pieces of advice. I want to start with a you know position specific. You're a quarterback, so we're going to have you give a quarterback advice. If you could talk mm -hmm. to a young high school quarterback that's decided that they want to try and play at the next level, they want to try and play in college. What would you tell them to focus on, whether it be on the field or off the field? to elevate their game to a level where they might have an opportunity to play in college? I would say for me, first of all, deciding a college. Um, so I, I'm going to say go – did I lose you for a second there? No, nope, nope, um, I would say uh, I would say um, the biggest thing was, is first of all, deciding you're going to go – you want to go where you're going to play. And, you know, in my mind, you want to go and get that experience. So if I'm going to go D1 and be a backup and not play – I would much rather choose the route where I'm going to play and I know I'm going to play and I'm going to gain experience and be able to get the opportunity to play the sport that I love. So I would say that's a big one for me. Um, and then developing quarterbacks things specifically, I think the biggest thing is speed of the game. So something that I worked on a lot was those anticipatory throws. Like you said, you have to throw the ball before a receiver's breaking. So, you know, getting at the top of your drop and getting rid of that ball is insanely important. So in high school, when someone breaks a dig or someone breaks a 10 yard out, you can wait till after they break and you can rip that, that ball because you have a strong arm. But when you get to the college level, that window closes too fast. So I would say the big thing you want to work on quarterback specific is anticipatory throws. You know, and one thing that you've alluded to a lot is leadership and relationships. <laughs> it's been crucial to your development. It's been crucial to yep. your success. So if you could talk to a high school quarterback that maybe maybe struggling a little bit with the uh, humbleness. Maybe they're feeling like, you know, I'm the guy, I'm big man on campus. What did you talk mm -hmm. to them about on why it is so important to have that humble, humble confidence and be so intentional about those relationships? Well, I would say I go back to the the famous quote from, uh, I believe it was the Michigan player. Um, it was Charles Woodson. I think he, he came in and it was like, he was a big talker all through college and stuff like that. And he got to the NFL and he was a rookie again. Um, so he, he stopped quiet. He was quiet. He wasn't talking as much. And they, the reporters asked him what, what happened to the trash talk? What happened to the trash talk in Charles Woodson? And he was like, I'm, I'm a freshman again. I'm not, I'm not big man on camera. I'm no dog, whatever, stuff like that. And I think in my mind that would, that reigns true to a lot of people. I think if you go in with that mindset, I'm the big dog and you're talking like that on campus, 
people aren't going to look to you and, you know, that, and people are not going to be inspired by you and they're not going to, they're not going to get behind you because what you're doing is you're creating division and animosity throughout your team. And so for me, those guys need to take a little piece of humble pie right before they get into college and say, Hey, I, I'm, I'm learning and I want to come in and learn. And that's what I told my brother. My brother started as a freshman and he came in and there was a, there was a senior there and he came back for COVID on, for another year when he, you know, was already done or whatever. He ended up coming back for his COVID year. And um, my brother came in and beat him out in camp. And I said, I told him when Josh came in, I said, you're not going to win those guys going out and acting like you're the, sh- you're, you're the guy you need to go in there and you need to learn from him and you need to go to that senior quarterback and say, Hey, what do you know? Teach me, help me, like, let me learn from you. And when you come in with that mindset, talent's going to show. And so in my mind, when Josh's talent showed, he, he was, he beat him out. He was the guy, but you can't come in with that mentality and that act because people aren't going to get behind you. So you need to come in with a humble mindset and trying to learn from this senior and teach me everything you can know, because when it is your time, that's when people will get behind you because they see the talent on the field. They're going to see that talent. They're going to see you playing. You need to show in your mind that I'm humble and I'm trying to learn and give you everything I had. And that's, that's the best way to come into any situation. And, you know, Josh is a great guy, great leader at Wayne state right now. And I think he's going to do a lot of great things when it's his time to go through this process like me. Um, But you know, that's what I would say with humility. So last question we got for you today, man. We, you know, we've heard about what you bring on the field as a competitor, as a player. Ooh. Okay. to learn, you know, through this process, the type of man you are and the type of person you are. But at the end of the day, why should one of these 32 NFL teams or any pro team for that matter, take a shot on Tyler Kolka? Um, I think – I think something that these these pro teams will see in me when they get me into their facilities is they're they're going to see a guy that honestly just loves the game and is willing to do whatever it takes to be successful. And so not only that, you know, I'm I'm a good guy. I feel like I'm a good guy to have around. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think uh I think the big thing that these NFL these these teams will take, I'm a guy that can change a locker room too. So with my hard work, with my dedication, I know, I know a lot of people at that level have that, but I think for me, um, getting that opportunity to start and getting the opportunity to build a program from the ground up, I saw it worked and I saw what didn't. And a lot of it is hard work, putting the time in, putting the dedication in, and that's, what's going to make you successful throwing with my receivers four or five days a week. Like that's important. And so for me, you know, you're going to get that hard worker. You're going to get a leader. You're going to get someone that is a good guy to have around that just loves football and someone that if you need to turn a program around, I know how to do it. I've been there. I've started a program from the ground up and made it into something. Um, and so, you know, I've, I've experienced it. So for me, I think those are the things that's going to separate me, but then also make these NFL GMs and teams really want to have me on their team. Tyler, I've had an absolute blast having you on today, man. Thank you so much for joining us today. Super nice to meet you, man. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, man. Hopefully, you know, next time we're talking to you, you're letting us know how your rookie season went. Sound good? Exactly. That That is the goal. That is the plan. I'm going to quite a few CFL workouts here coming up, and then I've been in contact and have a, on a couple of five, five NFL teams radar. So you never know what's going to happen, but, you know, hopefully next year we'll have, we're having that conversation. Man, we look forward to it. But, folks, that's all we got for you guys this time. That was 2023 NFL draft prospect, Lawrence Tech University quarterback, Tyler Kalka. Like I always tell you guys, 
rate, subscribe, and review to the podcast. Until next time, we'll see you guys later. Have a good one.